Spotlight. Brought to you by the Isle of Man Arts Council. Fast am I and welcome to Spotlight with me, Sarah Hendy. This week we're at the Manx Wearable Arts Show, meeting some of the makers and coordinators behind the scenes of this fabulous biannual local event. address if you'd like to get in touch is spotlight at manxradio.com and you can find details of today's program including pictures on the spotlight blog at manxradio.com where incidentally you'll also find our podcast which you can download or subscribe to now today's program is a throwback to the manx wearable art show which took place a couple of weeks ago Organised by Myra Gilbert, Sue Robinson and Doreen Dixon, the Catwalk Show is an opportunity for anyone and everyone to get creative and to share their work with a packed out Kensington Youth Arts Centre. We were able to sneak backstage to catch some of the makers, models and coordinators of this event. So Anna, you're the artist in residence here and you run workshops with young people. They've created some incredible items to, to show on the Catwalk tonight. Oh, I'm so proud of them. They've been brilliant. Um, we've been working on this for 10 weeks and um, it's been hard slog for them. They've had no idea really about the uh, the outcome and what the end product was going to be. So to vision that, it was really difficult. But now they've just seen it and their faces, they lit up. Uh, some are traumatised because they never want to get back <laughs> up on the stage again. But, you know, I mean, they've made a massive impact and like... I just think that all of them, they've all done just a fab job and I think the girls, uh, Amy and Emily, just been so brave to get up on that stage. I couldn't have done it. You know, it's such a work with funding cuts and everything in schools and arts having to take a back seat in many ways. It's really good that there's something like this that's encouraging young people and giving them a context, giving them something to work towards that, that means something to the community. Yeah, no, it's brilliant. And also, it's literally the art tank is just £2 per session. So it's so affordable for kids. Um, it's a government centre, you know. Um, they're looking after them. They're looking after it's us. It's brilliant. And I think if you know, you're a creative child and you want to get out that creativity, you want to come and meet some like-minded children, uh, I think come to the Art Tank. Um, we have... Uh, I've got a Facebook page, so you can have a look on the Art Tank Facebook page um, or Instagram. And also um, just or drop in and see, because there's so many other things going on here with dance and music and um, drama. It's just brilliant. Yeah, yeah. And it's, it's open to any, any young people? Anybody over the age of eight, so up until um, 18, I suppose, you know. Yeah. yeah. Brilliant. It is brilliant. Yeah. So you've recently set up um, a millinery in Sulby. Tell us a little bit about that. Um, I started doing um, millinery through working with costume, really, um, and decided that it was the way I wanted to change and do something different. So um, I've started doing my City and Guilds course in um, Chipping Camden. I go there once a month, which I finish in May. um, And I've been working in felt and straw um, and now producing ladies and gents um, hats. um. Yeah, because I've seen quite a number of commissions that you've done, um, very sophisticated. And it's it's quite a niche area, really, isn't it? Making a hat is not quite like making anything else. It's not something you can just pick up overnight. 
No, and I'm learning all the time, and that's what I like about it. There's lots of problem solving. Um, I like to challenge myself. I like to see what I can do with colour, um, and I like being given a, a brief from people, um, be it for um, bespoke millinery for clients or for the theatre. Why hats particularly? Because, you know, you said you were into costume. There are so many different directions you can go with that. Is there, is there something particular about headwear that, that attracted you? I've always liked hats and I used to wear them a lot when I was younger. And I did, I helped in costume, um, largely doing um, trimmings um, within the costume area because I soon discovered that I wasn't actually a dressmaker. Um, I then discovered that doing millinery, all the hand sewing that I'd done to avoid using a sewing machine came into, ha um, into use because that is how you make a hat, it's all hand sewn. Um, so that's how I, I came down the hat route and I, I did a costume millinery summer school and then did a costume millinery workshop to make sure, or a millinery workshop to make sure it's what I really wanted to do and then that's when I've gone down my city and guilds route. I think that's, I think it's so lovely that you found your thing that, um, that you're, you know, flourishing in um, and I wonder, once upon a time, if you stepped outside of the house without a hat on, you were considered undressed really um what is what is the hat scene like now what what are people wearing hats for is it is it mostly occasion wear i imagine i think a lot of a lot of the time it is occasional wear um and i think people don't tend to wear hats as you say exact exactly that and it was it was a fashion item it was it was a it wasn't just a status item it was you weren't as you say you weren't dressed unless you wore a hat but i think people are coming around to um hats being more um, more of a wearable item again um, and it is a very personal thing for people if they want to wear a hat then they wear a hat um, and it's something that can be made very personal to that person if you're having it made for you then you can have it made and trimmed and finished how you wish it to be finished and you've made a number of items for for this year's wearable art show tell us a little bit about um, about some of the pieces that you've you've shown this evening um, there's two pieces I've had tonight um, the first one was a, a button um, red felt button hat um, that was worn by Cheryl um, that was for the part of the secret stitch society um, for their dress um, and the button was, um, was a, it was a charity shop dress that the Secret Stitch Society direct, um, decorated with flowers and then I found a, a felt hat in a charity shop and took the crown off and reshaped it into a button um, and so that's the one that Cheryl wore and then the other hat was Kerry was wearing was a steampunk top hat and that was made on a buckram, it's a flat pattern, very different. The first one was a blocked hat, this one's a flat pattern hat, um, and that's made on a buckram base. And then it was finished with um, tweed and velvet remnants and plumes from a charity shop mask. So from what you're saying, I'm imagining that a flat pattern is almost like constructing an item of clothing, whereas um, a block pattern, a block hat, is like forming, shaping and forming something over a mould. Yes. Yeah, blocking is, is basically a mould. A block, a hat block is a mould, um, be it wood, be it um, plastic. Anything that you can form a shape over, that you can pull and mould your felt or straw or cinema over, that, that is your block. Wow. So a number of skills on show here tonight. Um, if people wanted to find out more about your, your hat making, your millinery, and I don't know, maybe even suggest a commission uh, to you, where can they find out more about your practice? Um, I'm on Facebook, um, 
at Glenmore Millinery and glenmoremillinery.com is my website and email is hats at Glenmore Millinery. Sue's just been telling us about um, the hat that she made to go with this dress made by the Secret Stitch Society. Cheryl, what is that um, and, and, and how does it work? Um, so we just get together, you know, the odd Sunday morning and um, we just bring our sewing machines, bring any sewing projects we've got like quilting, embroidery, anything and just get together and do our sewing projects and it's like I did my first buttonhole there. Yeah. <laughs> They're so tricky, aren't they? And it's it's so nice that you've got that kind of accountability because I mean I know myself I can start something and everything else takes priority. To have an opportunity to get together and share what you're doing, I don't know, brainstorm a little bit maybe. What a lovely idea. Um how did it how did it come about? To be honest, I don't really know. It's just I know Estelle through um, Sweet Ginger because I've spent a lot of money in there. And she's a friend of my sister. That's my sister over there, Kerry. So it was Kerry that said, oh, you need to come along to this. And then she added me on the Facebook group and like every now and then I get notifications. Oh, it's going to be on this, this and this date. You just say you're going and then like you show up. And so it's good because like there's some really experienced sewers there and lots of different levels so it's not like a competition or anything it's just like yeah yeah almost like almost like a, a stitching support group or something because like yeah. you can lose the vision a bit can't you when you're stuck into something and it's I don't know you're going through the tricky bit like the buttonholes or something and yeah. you think it's never going to end um when you first started going would you say you were a proficient stitcher a proficient dressmaker or is it something that you've kind of grown with over time um, well, I probably started sewing maybe about five or six years ago, and it was with the idea of making dresses that I couldn't find in shops. So, yeah, I'd say I have really. And what kind of projects are you working on at the moment? What was the buttonholing for? Well, I was making um, like a hoodie dress, so it had like a hood, and I needed the buttonholes for the drawstring to go through. And I was like, oh God, I've never done these before. And then I was sat next to a lady called Bernadette and she was like, look, I'll show you what to do. And then ever since then, I'm like, yeah, I can do buttonholes now. Yeah, because I avoid buttonholes at any expense. I will have bows and ribbons and everything before I'd have a button. Um, And tell us a little bit about the dress that you've made. It looks like it's a dress of many parts. You've got this lovely red dress with all these sort of um, these applied rosettes almost. Yeah. So basically, this is a dress that um, is being created by Estelle and Sue. And I think Estelle bought the dress which I tried on initially and I was like oh yeah this is great it's nice and light the next time I tried it on had all these flowers on it I'm like this weighs a ton how am I gonna walk in this but yeah everyone made like contributed all the flowers and just we sewed them on well um Sue sewed them on and Estelle did so Great, so you've got, I mean, you've got examples of all sorts of different kinds of stitching, you've got loads of crochet down yeah. there, you've got like buttons, as we were lots. just discussing. There's like, um, yeah, buttons, ribbons, felt. It's lovely, it's, it's like your whole society in one dress. Yeah, exactly. Lovely. All the personalities in one. Is the Secret Stitch Society um, sort of open to new members? Can, can other people come along and, um, and join in with their own stitching projects? Yeah, it's held at the Jerby Community Centre. Um, if that's the right name for it, it's at the Health and Community Centre. Yeah, so the best thing to do is look on Facebook and just type it in the search bar and it'll come up. So I think it's um, Sunday Sewing Bee is what it is. So Sunday Sewing Bee and it'll come up with all the dates. It's like an event. It's like event dates. 
I, I think I've seen that pop up before, so yeah, really easy to find. Fantastic. Well, I hope, uh, hope lots of people start coming along. Nicola Dixon, your work as we've never quite seen it before. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> this is a real showcase of all the fabrics you've been experimenting with. Yeah, no, it's great. I um, did a pair of leggings online for a joke last year and I put them on Facebook and there was such interest. I did some more and then I did some more and we wore them to WOMAD and they looked fantastic. So we had three, three, three pairs of them on the catwalk with some scarves, some fabric that I'd been trying and some um, buffs as well. Yeah. Some other fabric. So yeah, it's, been, it's great fun to do. Just upload the photo, twiddle with it online a bit and then lovely clothing and fabric comes in the post it's fantastic <laughs> bam wowie and i like the way that um when you were walking down the catwalk you took with you the framed picture that each print was inspired by yes you know, i thought that was, would be really interesting for people to see because it was just one image one of them was a little knox that was inspired by archibald knox and um it got mirror imaged so it tiled so it all connected up looked fine but it was all just one little square that was 12 centimeters by 12 centimeters Gosh, it just shows you what you can do and it's um it's your attire this evening has been quite different to the to the pieces we've we've seen you show before at wearable art um how has it been as a process for you because i know that it's 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 quite good fun to sort of experiment with different materials and um your sister isla was wearing the milk bottle top dress which was fantastic um but also i mean the the things that you've presented tonight have just been glorious they've been so beautiful in their simplicity and the the pureness of the designs yeah no it, it was kind of worked some of it i did it last year and mum was going you are going to put something in aren't you going yeah and go oh dear what am i going to do and i suddenly thought i've got the lot i've got it i've got it i don't have to worry and then i suddenly thought we'd just put in two more pairs today and i rang some friends and got some more models and um yeah bam it was just it was really easy it was great and not no no late night painting just quick sewing this afternoon to try and finish off the edges um but yeah it was a much easier process than normal. <laughs> I was going to say, it must have taken the stress out of it a little bit because events like this are incredible, but a heck of a lot of work goes into them. Oh yes, huge amount. I mean, I know mum's been busy for weeks, months, coming up with all sorts of things. And then there's, there's some others that didn't quite make the cut as well. It's, it's, it's a huge amount of work, but people love it. It's their sort of happy place doing this sort of work really so yeah it's all lovely little groups of people that have been just having fun making things together so yeah it's great and it, and it happens every other year doesn't it so there's plenty of time between shows to kind of dream up what's going to happen next I'm sure there are many inspired people going home tonight with plans already for what they're going to be doing in 2021 yeah hopefully I mean my friend Annie she um, has, has been here before and she's been working on this I think for two years really but she did a top that she took to Woolfest um, but it was like yeah you know finish it off again and do some more work on it and bring it to wearable art and yeah people get inspired to come along and join in because you can you know and this and it's, it's yeah it's brilliant what people just rock up with it's all a bit of a surprise but amazing work well, we have Manu and Linda here who are a mother-daughter duo. You've presented some gorgeous work tonight. Was that a Nuno felted dress? That's not an easy process, is it? No, it's a big, uh, big thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a big project to undertake. Yeah, and to, yeah. um, I've only ever Nuno felted anything that's quite small. It takes a lot of effort to, to get yeah. that felting process yeah. happening through the silk. Um, but so to make a dress like that is epic. How, how long did it take you to make it? Uh, about a year. <laughs> Wow. We were just saying, Nicola Dixon and I were just saying, people plan these outfits 
so far ahead in time. So you've actually been making it for a year. Yeah, well, it took a year. I think it could have been quicker, but you know, creating takes time. So yeah, uh, yeah. 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 And that's all part of the fun as well, isn't it? You need to enjoy the process, otherwise, why are we doing it? Um, and to wear it must have been so comfortable because, like, Nuno felting is a combination of, like, very, very soft merino fibres and, and then silk usually, isn't it? Sort of an open-weave silk. And so those two, two materials are going to be a dream to wear. Were you nice and cosy in that dress? Yeah, it was nice. Lovely. And, um, and the colours were really vibrant. Where did you take inspiration from? Is it something that was just kind of an intuitive process or, or did you have some ideas? I don't know, I'm thinking maybe the garden or something or flowers or... I just love bright colours and I dyed them myself. So uh, really? I made the colours up. So I dyed the whole process from the silk and the wool, everything. So uh, And then I started felting, yeah. When she does it, it always smells like vinegar in the kitchen. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, the things we have to suffer through for our art, eh? Um, and yeah. how long how long have you been creating? What's your background creatively? Well, I started in uh, nursery school with the kids, yeah. and then it took uh, just a ride with me, you know, and uh, just so fun. And the last uh, five years, I've been creating with uh, a very nice Dutch teacher, and she taught me a lot, so uh, yeah and then it just increases and you can't stop anymore. Yeah. <laughs> wow, and Linda, wearing your mum's creation, you must be so proud, but also has it inspired you to be creative yourself? Do you have any things that you, that you kind of enjoy doing artistically as well? Um, I do actually. Um, I, was, I, was planning to do, um, I was planning to paint some jeans today, but um, sadly I didn't have any time to. Well done, you guys. What a lovely piece that you exhibited tonight. Thank you. Thank you. If, do you have a website or anything if people want to see more of your work? Facebook. Facebook. Yeah. I love wool. I love wool. Oh, I've seen that pop up before. Yes, lovely, it's you. So nice to put a face to the to the page. Um, lovely. Well, we'll look out for more of your work in the future. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Unfortunately, we moved from the island, so we have to leave you. But uh, we want to come back. Where, where are you heading off to? To Mallorca. Mallorca. Another island. Another island. I hear the weather's dreadful there. Oh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah, we have to come back in winter time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We will definitely yeah. miss that. Yeah. Proper Manx winter. Oh, well, all the best. And yeah, we'll definitely Thank keep you. up with what you're doing on uh, Thank Isle of Wool. Thank you very much. Well, and we have something that looks like a wedding dress here. What an incredible creation. Um, who's, who's responsible for this wonderful dress? Okay, this is a team effort from the Crossroads Charity Shop team of staff and volunteers. And everything you see here is created from donations that have come into the charity shop. We've got watches, we have beads, we have curtains, we have lace forks in the crown there. Wow. Um, yep, everything created together So, and a good team effort. And the models are volunteers as well for Crossroads oh. Charity Shops. Oh, brilliant. Good on you. It's, uh, it's a brave thing to get up on that, on that catwalk, isn't it? Um, it's, I mean, it's such a, it, it looks almost like you've got a crinoline on there. Is this like a wicker basket or something? A um, laundry basket. Wow, so creative. It doesn't look like something that's just been thrown together. It's quite a considered piece, isn't it? Well, we, we actually didn't have that long to do it, to be honest. Um, so we threw around some ideas. We saw the kind of things. We did have a lot of jewellery in at the time. We had a lot of um, watches coming in. So we thought, what could we do with it? Um, with wedding season coming up, it's going to be wedding uh, dresses coming into the shops in our shop in town. And we thought, what could we do for wedding season? 
and uh, for our donations. So we just whacked, whacked it all together, I would say, is not really the word, but um, pinned it, braided it, uh, created it <laughs> with lots of love and care. Well, what we're hoping to do is put it into our window in town. Um, yeah, as I said, wedding season is coming. We're going to get the wedding dresses out into our shop in town. So this will be in the window for at least a week. Um, so if anyone wants to come down and see it, and because you really can't see, I think people were saying after, after the catwalk show that you couldn't see the intricacy in the pieces, you know, on stage. So if anyone wants to come and have a proper look, um, they're more than welcome just to pop into our shop in town and see it there. Billy, a number of your students showed their work at the Wearable Art Show tonight, and it was it was all um, all of the work was based around a particular special project they were set some time ago. Yes, it was based around the um, North Atlantic Wool Federation. So a year and a half ago, we had over a hundred delegates who visited college, and we were asked to to organise a fashion show where we could be showing their work as well as our work. So we, we arranged a special project for it and uh, we thought we'll go down the woolly route. So we'll start off looking at sheep and, you know, our lovely Locktons and, and use that as inspiration. So we had media students filming, art students drawing, photographing. And then we came back to the studio and the fashion textile students got to work and started creating. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it was quite exciting. And are these, are these students who've now gone on to do other things or are they still studying at, at the um, University College Isle of Man at the moment? The majority of those students, we've got probably half and half actually, I would say half of them have progressed onto degree programmes um, in London and various places in the UK and then some have actually progressed onto our degree programme and visual communications as well and uh, the others who were in the first year when we did the project are now in the second year so they're carrying on but in a bit more of a specialist mm -hmm. direction really yeah yeah but i mean the work that they showed this evening was really sophisticated i saw it was it a bit of shibori that was in there there were a lot of pleats and folds and really sort of complex patterns they'd made well basically it was manipulating textiles so they were given lots of raw materials and everything was wool-based. So we explored felting, we'd, we'd go through some really basic processes like felting, folding, pleating, shibore methods, Japanese pleating methods. Um, we went through a whole series of sample making and then we pulled it together into panels. And basically all the students were asked to, to produce panels and then one day I went for a cup of tea and I was really panicking over this fashion show and I thought, it's just not happening, it's not happening. And I said, okay, I'm going for a cup of tea and I'll be half an hour. And when I come back, I'd like everything pinned onto dress stands. So when I came back, it was almost like the fairies had arrived because things started to really look like they could become garments. And that was the start of it. And then our energy was high and we were working really solidly on it. And then we started pulling looks together and we decided we'd work with the hair and beauty. So we were collecting images for them of sheep and animal makeup and, you know, all sorts of things that could really pull it together as a creative showpiece. So we're really quite proud of it. And, and it's been lovely to show it again because usually it's shown once and that's it. But because it was the, the Wool Federation, it was really a closed show. Even the parents didn't get to see it. So it was really quite apt that we could show it again and let the public enjoy it before it kind of goes to 
woolly heaven, <laughs> wherever it's going to go. <laughs> or we recycled into something else, let's see. <laughs> and it, I mean, it was clearly, as you say, like a, a collaborative project between all sorts of different departments. Well, we try to, but because of people's commitments, it's not always possible. Mm-hmm. And actually this time, when it came to the modelling, because the garments had been created, we decided to invite our first years to model it because they come to college they've left school the majority of them are 16 and confidence is really just beginning to build and they're quite self-conscious as teenagers are really so my goal really with with this project was to say I only want the first year's modeling you know I could have had the older students who are much more confident and and perhaps self-aware um, the first years were quite reluctant initially but I've just had someone tell me tonight that she's so grateful that I encouraged her to do it and gave her the confidence. And, and I think these kind of events that involve the public and are live, I mean, they're, they're just the confidence building and enriching in so many ways that we don't even see. So next week when I've got walls covered in these photographs, <laughs> I think it's going to be, it's going to be he- huge heads trying to get through doors. And, and that's wonderful because that's what we want. We want to build them up, get them to reach for the stars and then see them fly and, you know, do the amazing things that we're all capable mm-hmm. of doing if we really want to. Yeah. yeah, and it just shows the power of community events such as this to be able to showcase those pieces here in Douglas um, with people who've never done anything creative before in their lives next to people who are hoping to make a career out of it or who have made a career out of it. It's really, it's really grounding. It's a really good kind of like um, a leveller, isn't it? Yes, yeah, yeah. I, I do think it, it has its place and, you know, it's good that we could do it. Not too often, but now and again, it's, it really does it does open doors it does open opportunity and it it opens creativity so Mm -hmm. exciting stuff um when we had the show at college we had catering involved in the you know the the refreshments we had hair and beauty we had the art department we had media everyone kind of pulled together and it really was a wonderful effort so tonight was just a little glimpse really which yeah I'm, i'm proud of them i think they've done really well And there we heard from the Youth Arts Centre's artist-in-residence Anna Klukas, milliner Sue McNally, Cheryl from the Secret Stitch Society, the Crossroads Charity Shop team, artist Nicola Dixon, Manu and Linda, and tutor at UCM Billy Sade. You can find pictures of all of their glorious work, plus links and more information about today's programme on the Spotlight blog. Thank you for joining me. I'll be back next Wednesday from half past five. So have a lovely creative week. Slend you.